Hello, welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Today's episode is back to school, everything you need to know about food and nutrition. With me now is Emily Hanlon, Executive Director of Food and Nutrition Services for Cobb Schools. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, David. I recently learned that you guys serve more than 11 million meals to students in any given year. Is that correct? That is correct. And really, that's just our students. We also feed a number of teachers and adults every day. That's amazing. I mean, that's uh, (laughs) when people think about McDonald's and their sign, billions and billions of meals served. uh, That's nothing. They ought to do what you do. That's right. Because 11 million in one year, just 10 years, we're up over that billion mark. One of the things that I think parents who are getting their students ready to go back to school would like to know is how do they get their students' account information? How do they know how much is on the account? How much are they going to have to pay? How does that all work? Can you give us some insight on that? Yep. Yep. There's a couple different places they can get information. Um, Our website, you can get to our department website um, by going to the cobk12.org and under departments, choosing food and nutrition services. There you'll find information about how to make payments. Um, Another great tool for making payments is a direct link to mypaymentsplus.com. And what that is, is it's an online method for parents to be able to make payments, either via debit or credit card, directly to their students' accounts. That website also does a number of functions. It will let them view what their students are purchasing. They can set up low balance alerts. So when their students' accounts are getting low, they'll get an email that says, hey, you might need to send a little more money. Um, they'll also, you can also set up an auto draft. So you can say, when my child's account gets to $5, go ahead and draft some more money into my student's account, and you can set it at whatever amount the parents wow, want. That, so that's pretty it's cool. very automated. Yep. yep, And it's also available as a mobile app. Okay. Yep. So no matter where you are, if you're at work or at home, you can stay on top of what's going on. Yep. They can keep an eye on it. Okay. So I've got a house full of kids. Yes. And one of them is a middle schooler. Is there any plan to, uh, or is there in fact, a, a way to limit his ability to get those extras on top of what he just needs for the day? So there's a couple things that parents may not know is we don't allow them to buy the extras without them also getting a lunch. So they can't just come and buy chips and cookies from us. We, we want them to buy the meal. That's really what we're there for first. Sure. Um, and then parents are always welcome to call their local cafeteria manager because we can put flags on the student's account that say, you know, mom only wants extras on Friday. And then once the student knows that flags there, especially that middle school age, they'll know, okay, mom's already, mom's got me. I can't come up there on Thursday and get cookies. So we are very happy to do that. And they just need to call their local cafeteria manager and get that set up. Okay. Well, I'll look that number up as soon as we're done here. (laughs) because That'll that'll save us a minute right there. I can imagine. The school menu. A lot of people have looked at school menus and I, I, my personal experience is they're pretty awesome compared to what I uh, (laughs) experienced when I was growing up. So uh, there has been some controversy over the years about uh, what the menu is limited to. Now that we have a different political situation at the federal level, 
Do you, uh, is anything changing with that? Or so That's a great question. Um, back in 2010, the lovely Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act came out, and that's when all these new regulations came into place. Um, and we had to do a lot of changes that made our menu feel very stringent about what we could offer. Um, what's been nice is, as you mentioned, with the current political atmosphere, things have swung much more to the middle. Um, they've allowed us some waivers. So, for example, we used to have to offer every grain item as a whole grain rich item. Now we have a waiver on our biscuits, which, again, here in the South, biscuit is not something we're used to as a whole grain item. So um, actually our Pillsbury biscuits are white Pillsbury biscuits, just like you would get at home. Um, And also our pasta items are also non-whole grain. So it gives us the ability to offer things that really our kids are looking for and are much more what they're used to getting at home. Uh, but then our breads and our other things are still whole grain rich. So we're, we're giving them that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sodium was another thing that was kind of a pain point. I know there was kind of a joke here a couple years ago that kids couldn't get more than one or two packets of ketchup. Um, and that had to do with the sodium restriction. Um, they have loosened up on that a little bit as well. So you won't see us limiting um, packets of ketchup anymore. That's gone away. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know on the days when they get, uh, get a serving of french fries my kids lap up ketchup like it's a pudding or something yes that's very common the phrase farm to school how does that relate to us in in the school district um, actually, it's funny. This school district is a ton of stuff with farm to school. So I'm going to focus on what we do in food nutrition, and I'll maybe take a second and highlight what the, the schools do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do a lot of do, buying local products. Um, and we define local as anything that is grown either in Georgia or a state that touches Georgia. So every day on our serving lines, we have fruits and vegetables that are considered locally grown based on our definition. Um, we also twice a month highlight two separate Georgia-grown items. So, for example, our August Georgia-grown items will be Vidalia onions and peaches. So what we do with those is we signal on the line with a little sign that those are Georgia-grown items. We usually do them in a special recipe. Um, Those recipes are available on our website, so if moms and dads want to try that at home, they can do that. Um, We also post information about the farmers and the local farm where those items come from. So it's a lot of interesting information, and that's really just our produce. You know, if you think about it, our milk is pretty much a local item. You know, we get lots of, a lot of chicken in Georgia. So a, a good bit of our chicken is also considered local. So it's, what's nice is we have the ability to, because we're such a big agricultural state to get some things. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when it comes to peanuts though. Oh yes, we get, we get peanut butter. And so we have to be a little careful with the peanuts. Yeah. We do have, you know, allergies and things like that. So um, most of the peanuts, obviously peanut butter is the main item that we use peanuts in. Um, and we do get that locally when we can. Okay, so how would a, uh, a parent who has a child with a peanut allergy, how, how do they navigate the line? Do they not go through the line? or? Well, actually, it's, it just really depends on the school and the age of the child. Okay. Okay, because obviously as someone who's a senior in high school can handle a little bit something different than a kindergartner can. Mm-hmm. Reading level, knowledge level, those types of things. Sure. So what we typically want the parents to do is go and work with their local school nurse um, to come up with really a plan for that child, because not only does the nurse need to know if they have a peanut allergy, obviously they deal with the medical side of it, the nurse will then loop us in, and what we can do is make special provisions. So, for example, we have an elementary child who has a peanut allergy. When they come through the line, we make sure the line has been cleaned before they come through, so there's no residue or anything. Um, no one in that class typically will get peanut butter as well, depending, again, on the severity of the allergy. Typically, no one in the class gets peanut butter. Um, and so we make sure that everything we do is made to really just safeguard the child so that they don't have any issues. Um, and then there has to be some education. You know, snacks in the classroom can be a little scary for moms with kids with peanut allergies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the teachers really work to try and do some education on that side about what can come in for that snack time. 
Yeah, well, that's that's all very interesting because it sounds to me like um, you guys bend over backwards to make sure that every child is kept safe. Yes, health the, and safety of our kids is priority for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's cool to hear that it goes into the food line as well. Yes. Um, so one of the things that is constantly facing the school district is budget shortfalls. And the budget is something uh, where people are looking every different direction for either a revenue stream to come in or a place to cut. Tell us about how food nutrition relates to the general budget of the school district. Okay, that's a great question. We actually are separate from the general fund. We are our own fund. So what the best way I describe this to folks is we act like a business with inside the school district. So all the taxpayer money that comes in for educating students stays with education. All our department is funded through is the federal reimbursement, which is students who are on free or reduced price meals. We get reimbursed for those meals. And then any money that comes in at the cash register. So students buying those extras like those cookies and things Mm -hmm. like that. um, Those funds all are what we operate on in my department. So we we take no money from the district. It is allowed to be able to stay and educate the kids. And we've been lucky enough that we've done well. And so each year we're able to give back to the district. it's just over $2 million a year that we're able to give back to the district oh, wow. to help support educating the kids. So you're a, a cash positive operation of the district. Yes. Okay. So going back to the first day of school uh, concerns of, of parents out there, tell, tell us a little bit about the uh, free and reduced price meal plans. Can you explain some of that to us? Yes. So that there's an, it's an application process. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's nice about the, that is any student who's on free or reduced meal benefits at the end of this current school year gets to continue those benefits for the first 30 days of the next school year. Okay. So we don't lose them in the gap, so to speak. It gives the parents time to complete a new application to get them on the program for the next year. Any students who are on food stamps already or TANF, automatically qualify for free meals and we get that list from the state and we'll send those families a letter saying you're already on free meals and you don't have to do anything. So they'll they should look for those letters in the mail from us probably mid to late July. Everyone else, if you don't get a letter for us, we recommend you apply online. That is the, by far the fastest way to do it. And we, you, again, you can get through it through the county website or you can go directly to, and I'm going to say this real slowly, um, it's mealapps, M-E-A-L-A-P-P-S, dot cob k12.org if you go directly there it'll walk you through all the information that we need as soon as you hit submit it goes straight to the team that i have that processes those we can turn those around very quickly it's much faster than the old paper version which we used to do Um, the students would bring their paper application to their teacher the teacher would take it to the cafeteria manager the cafeteria manager has to put it in county mail then it finally gets to my office you know four days later where this online version literally as soon as they hit submit we're processing it so they can do it anytime day or night which is a beautiful thing Um, and you know it really secures that personal information of the parents you know not it doesn't go through all of those hands it literally just goes to where we need to know the other thing I like to remind people who are on free or reduced meal price benefits is if you get free or reduced lunch, mm-hmm. you also get free or reduced price breakfast. Oh. And sometimes parents forget that. So we just want to do a little reminder to them so that if you have a student who's on, let's say, free lunch, go ahead and send them in for breakfast because they qualify for free breakfast as well. And that's so important for the kids to be able to do well during the school day. Exactly. Hungry students can't learn. I exactly. like to say that. Yep. Not to mention the distraction of grumbling stomachs. Right? Yes, exactly. Okay. 
Are there any menu changes coming up or are we pretty much going to see the same things that we saw last year? Yep. So I actually started with the district in October. And since then, we've really been looking at our recipes and some of the things that we're offering to the students. We've been doing a lot of testing and talking to kids about what they want um, to see differently. Um, So we've incorporated some more fresh items. So for example, we used to do prepackaged muffins. We're now making muffins in-house. So they're fresh baked in-house and a variety of flavors. We have strawberry and blueberry and banana, you know, all the stuff the students like. Um, And we've really been taking the student feedback to decide how to do that. Um, they've really appreciated the more fresh options. So we're going to be rolling that out into in some more ways in the fall. Um, for example, our current cinnamon roll is prepackaged. We, we're going to a fresh baked in-house, which will make it very hard at breakfast not to come by because you'll be smelling the cinnamon Absolutely. down the hall. Some adults um, showing up on that. But we do limit those kind of sweet items to once a week. So I do like parents to know that at breakfast, we try to give them a protein every day because that again helps with learning. Um, but really just shifting more towards some fresh items in the fall and then in January, we're going to roll out a fresh menu across the board for all levels. So we're going to continue our work with the kids in the fall, get some more ideas from them, and we'll get a whole brand new refresh in January. You know, it sounds like you really have uh, not just focused on the nutrition, but uh, foods that are uh, enjoyable to eat. Because I, I think one of the things that we've seen over the past few years has been, yeah, it could be very nutritious, but if the kids won't eat it, it doesn't matter. Yes. I always like to say we don't need healthy garbage cans because if (laughs) if it goes on the tray and into the garbage, it it didn't help anyone. So we do a lot of, we've worked on a lot of recipes in particular of, you know, especially our fruits and our vegetables. If the kids aren't going to eat the vegetables and it just goes in the trash, it's kind of a waste of everyone's time. So And money. Yes. And so we spend a lot of time really working on those things to get the kids things that they really can enjoy um, and they'd like to eat. All right. Fantastic. Um, Emily, this is awesome information for parents. Is there anything else that a a parent might need to know in the run-up to the first day? Sounds like you've covered an awful lot here. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing most folks need to know is if you're already not on free or reduced meal benefits, make sure you send money with your kids or you go use our mypaymentsplus.com and put some money on their account. Um, Sometimes that causes problems when the kids get to the line and they don't have money. Um, And we we hate to turn them away, so we do what we need to do to take care of them. But if parents can make sure they focus on that, that would be great. Um, The other reminder I'd just like to let everyone know is, you know, we're here to serve our customer, which are the kids. So um, any way we can help the parents, we're happy to do so. And you're welcome just to give us a call and we'll do it. Okay. And so for the parents to be able to pick up on some of the uh, resources that you guys offer, they can visit your department webpage. Yep. We have a department page off the CobbK12.org website. Okay. So parents, you heard it right here. Tune in to www.CobbK12.org. And go to the top menu on that page, Departments, and navigate down to Food and Nutrition Services. You'll see an awful lot of opportunity to uh, help learn about what's going on in in the uh, food and nutrition area of the school district, as well as resources to help keep track and uh, keep your students' account up to date. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, We really appreciate that. I appreciate it as well. Have a great day. And thank you, listener, for joining us. You've been listening to The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.